Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. This is where we look at various nutrition and fitness-related topics through the lens of application. We want to give you practical takeaways so that you can create your healthiest, best self backed by knowledge. Now, on to the episode with your host, Coach Lisa. Hello and welcome back to the Nutrition and Life podcast. My name is Lisa, I'm your host, and in today's episode we're going to continue our Back to Basics series with the topic of intuitive eating and emotional eating. Before we get into the episode, please do me a favor, rate the show, share it on your social media. It is the best way to help us grow. I want to start off by giving you a little bit of a personal update. I have just arrived in Bogota and Colombia again. I was here last year over seven months. For those of you that don't know, I have been digital nomading for almost five years now and in the first few years I really just stayed in certain spots for a very short amount of time two three weeks and then in the next year it kind of progressed to like a month here a month there and over the last few years I've just kind of found myself more with a desire to have a little bit more stability I'm not quite saying I'm settling down or anything like that but um, I've just been able to appreciate more um, having or knowing where the gym is, knowing where I can get certain groceries and so on. But it's lovely being back here as much as I enjoyed my summer in Europe as well. It's really lovely to be back here now. Um, the other thing I wanted to update you on, and I spoke about this briefly on my stories and on Instagram as well, and that was my current physique. So um, again, as a recap, I was lean gaining last year from September to May, so about seven months, um, increased my weight by a half a kilo or about a pound each month so up from 53 and a half to 57 and then maintained that over the course of the summer in Europe now and um, just about two weeks ago I brought my calories back up into a small calorie surplus um, I also stepped on the in-body scan at the local gym here I was doing that reasonably regularly or once a month um, over the course of the lean gaining phase last year also and Again, these things are super unreliable, generally speaking, but usually at least they can kind of um, at least be a good comparison month to month because you'd think, you know, if it's off, it's consistently off sort of thing. <laughs> However, with this machine, and again, it's an in-body, it's at the gym, so a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on these sort of machines. Um, but yeah, anyway, it, it it can be super, it can be a difference of like two or three percent in terms of body fat percentage from just a day to day. Or even if I drank a liter of water and then weighed myself again, it would be very different. And um, especially these results just seemed super, super off to me because I, I, I stood on those scales again last week, whereas I just arrived now. And it actually said that since leaving Bogota in April, I have lost muscle mass and I've lost body fat in comparison to last year. I don't think so. Um, I really uh, also just judging from the scale that I have in or have been using in Germany, um, it stayed consistently the same. So I would be very surprised if things would have changed that much. So um, again, it, it kind of said that I went from... I think 56.9 in April to 54.7 this month. Um, yeah, I don't want to turn this into an episode of uh, how unreliable these machines are, but really just saying don't get too carried away with weight in general because just last week I also weighed myself and I was 58. So, you know, that's over uh, three pounds of a difference <laughs> and a lot of people would be freaking out. No, actually over... Um, yeah, over three kilos of a difference. So like seven pounds of a difference from one week to another. A lot of people would be freaking out, trying to pull their calories and so on. So 
just try to have a realistic view of things and assess how you feel first and foremost. And that kind of brings us into the whole um, stress eating, emotional eating segue that I want to talk about today, as well as intuitive eating later on. So first, let's talk about stress eating. We all do it from time to time, or we're all inclined to do it from time to time. Why is that? Why are we actually hungrier when we're stressed or when we have something that upsets us? Well, our body um, wants more resources to deal with the stress because in the end, it doesn't really differentiate between, okay, this is emotional stress or this is um, a life-threatening stress. This is just really high training stress, whatever it might be. It's just recognizing, well, there's a lot of stress. I need more resources. I need more energy to deal with this somehow. And um, so that's part of it, the whole calorie perspective. But on uh, the other thing is just um, when we're stressed, cortisol, our stress hormone, is usually high. One of the best things to get cortisol down or the quickest ways to get cortisol down, aside from, you know, the, you could also argue would be like, oh, doing a meditation, etc. But one of the quickest and most um, instinctive, I guess, most primal ways to get cortisol down is simply to eat something. Protein and fats also get cortisol down, but carbs get cortisol more down than anything because it spikes insulin more and insulin and cortisol are inverse. So if cortisol is up, insulin is usually down. If cortisol is down um, or if, if, if cortisol should go down, then insulin is up. So those, are, we can always kind of, you know, this is obviously a very simplified way to think about it, but essentially um, insulin or carbs help us blunt cortisol. So help us make make us feel more relaxed and make us feel good help us sleep and and or that's why they help us sleep as well so there are two versions of this kind of stress eating because i'm not going to say like hey ignore that ignore your total primal bodily instincts of like eating or eating carbs whatever your body's telling you to eat when you're stressed when you're feeling emotional and um, we are no machines <laughs> i'm not either so this applies to me as well and um, but there are, is a healthy and an unhealthy version of stress eating essentially unhealthy version we probably all know this unhealthy version is uncontrolled in terms of quantities unhealthy version is mostly processed foods because the combination i mean they're engineered that combination of carbs salt um often carbs in the form of sugar salt um as i was saying and then processed fats and whatever else they chuck in there to um i guess release that dopamine that feel good um hormone as well or even more so it would be uncontrolled it would be processed foods you usually feel worse afterwards so not in the moment and the other thing is that you you usually feel like it's kind of out of control once you have started you're eating uh, you know in the kitchen on the go whatever you're just shoving it in and you kind of sometimes even get an inkling of like I should probably stop right now but you just keep going because it feels good so this is the unhealthy version of stress eating. On top of that, it usually entails that we don't address the actual problem, which is what caused us to be so stressed. Can we prevent that in the future? Why are we feeling so emotional? Should we, we should probably deal with them first, but that is not the case in this unhealthy version. And a healthy version of stress eating, let's say it, is recognizing, okay, some kind of stress is good for us, a lot of the stress that we're perceiving 
um, can be, or, or a lot of how we feel about stress is down to what we tell ourselves in, in the sense of narrative first. So um, let me give you an example in the sense of you might have been laid off of your job. Of course, that's stress. The first response is, holy crap, um, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. What am I going to do next? I, um, you know, that, that sort of thing. But the second step could be, okay, it is what it is. I can't change this. This just happened. Why did it happen? Did I do something bad at work? No, probably not. It's just they're getting rid of a lot of people. Um, they need to make some cuts. It's just, it is what it is. I can't change it. Actually, I've been thinking about changing jobs for like three, five years though, but I've never dared to take the step. I'm going to use this as an opportunity. I, it still is a stressor in the sense that I need to do a lot. I need to search for a new job. I need to figure out um, the finances in between I, this time and, and until I find my new job, etc. So, But nonetheless, if you change your narrative on it's good for you or not, it, it's going to make a difference. The other thing is, okay... Why Why am I feeling, am I just feeling stressed because I'm feeling overwhelmed? Is it just because there are too many things going on? And then recognizing, okay, you're actually, you are actually in charge of how much you put on your plate. Yes, you have to deal with your kids, you have to deal with your, your work and so on. But still, um, there are probably ways for all of us where we can cut, cut down on something. So maybe maybe that is something else to address. And like the examples here on how to manage your stress better and I've kind of touched on some of the stress pointers in last week's episode but they're they're endless but the point is we want to address and recognize why we're feeling what we're feeling first first and before we eat so you come home you want to stress eat or even while you're in the car while you're at work you you feel the inclination of wanting to stress eat the important part is to recognize it not just to say like, um, okay, um, I'm, 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 what is the exact feeling that I'm feeling? Because often we can't even label it, but more thinking like, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? Ah, this dates back to what this person said or this negative text that I received. And then thinking, is it something that I, that I can change or that I can some, do something about? No. Okay. That tells you, you need to let it go. You need to let it go. There is literally just, you know, playing that over and over again in your mind or having that reside in the back of your mind is not going to help at all. So you need to let it go, go. Or is it something that you can do something about? Yes. Right. What can I do? Lay out a plan. Maybe write something out. Or maybe you need to call someone. Maybe you need to, maybe it's something you need to do in the future, but at least you know what you need to do. And so you have an action plan. Once you have kind of addressed, okay, why am I feeling stressed? Now there are other things that you can do. And this, the, even just recognizing this might give you a sense of relaxation of, of like, okay, I can eat a lot um, more composed now, or um, you might still feel like your body is really tense. Like um, you need to do some physical action. So, so other things to do would be again here working with your breath and that's also as i was saying before in the previous episode is something that you can do anywhere you can excuse yourself at work and go to the bathroom take a deep breath in and an even longer exhale through your mouth three four or five times in a row you can do that in your car before you go home you can do that 
in between things, even while your kids are running around and screaming. That would be one thing to do before you eat. The other thing would be to recognize, I need to be outside, I need to not hear anything and just disconnect from whatever was stressing me out. Maybe listening to some relaxing music. Maybe just saying, I am going to take a bath first and then eat something. Just maybe something to distract you from it because we also tend to go over problems our in our head over and over and over and over and over again and oftentimes um it just makes it makes it worse and doesn't really lead anywhere it's almost like we're talking ourselves into the problem more so now the next step is what next step is making sure you've actually eaten a healthy meal first and maybe you have just had lunch and you're still feeling stressed and now you want the chocolate or whatever. This could be the case. But in many cases, we haven't eaten for a while and you want to dive into the, the bread or the chips or whatever first. I would then say, again, get yourself to pause and be like, no, I know I should be having veggies first. I should have some protein first, even if it's just in the, in the form of a protein shake. Ideally, though, something that you need to chew something that has some fiber in it, and even some healthy carbs. So already including things like sweet potato or regular potato in there, which also have potassium, another electrolyte that helps us relax a little bit more. And reminding yourself to eat slow if possible, to eat slowly, to eat undistracted, and to take breaks in between. Something that can help with this is something as simple as, well, A, for sure, not eating while you're walking or while you're in the car that's really a bit of a pet peeve of mine I think if um everyone stopped eating while they're walking or when they're on the go um it would save a lot of people a lot of calories already because we really don't our body really don't and our mind really doesn't recognize that we're eating those foods that well until well after so anyway trying to eat slowly and one tip that I wanted to give is to eat with your non-dominant hand if it's something that requires cutlery so that that in and of itself will slow you down of course the thing with like taking and chewing x x amount of times yes that helps but um most people have heard that or um even just the practice of putting your fork or spoon down between bites most of the time we actually keep our cutlery in the hand and as you're taking one bite you're already cutting and thinking about the next bite so simply by slowing your meal down you're going to relax a lot more now Afterwards, your craving might persist, your stress eating might persist, or you might want to have seconds. So I would say here, again, get yourself to take another break, take your to, to pause again before having seconds. And if it's just five minutes, sometimes we can set ourselves a timer. You could, if it's with other people, um, you know, ask every person on that, that's sitting with you at the table, um, of how their day was have five ten minutes of conversation and if you're still actually hungry you're like oh, this wasn't satisfying then then have your seconds or if you're like mm, okay i'm still i still really want uh, something sweet have some fruit would be the first point if you're like that's not going to do it or that didn't do it the next um option would be to have some quote-unquote diet treat food so it could be like a protein mug brownie or it could be halo top ice cream or something like that and if you're also like well this that's not going to do it then see if you can build a small portion of whatever you're actually craving into your 
allotment or if you're not tracking it could also just be like making sure you're you're just measuring out and plating out a small piece still here do not eat out of the package do not eat standing up and and just like with the whole cake in front of you slowly cutting off smaller pieces and pieces and pieces and but take out a plate put a small piece on there go out to the living room or your balcony or wherever you want to relax, eat it in peace. At least there you have the extra barrier of having to go back and having more. So um, yeah, my pointers, I guess, I guess here would be don't eat on the go. Don't eat undistracted out of a package. Pause before getting seconds, thirds. Um, the, another, another point I wanted to mention is like eating alone. For some people, this is actually helpful because when they're with other people, they tend to just like, you know, if everyone else is eating pizza and you're, you're feeling stressed, like, oh, sh- screw it, I'm going to eat pizza also and then have the alcohol that they're having and whatever. And then for others, only wanting to eat alone can actually be dangerous in the sense of um, developing some weird eating habits and... um creating very odd concoctions of, of, of diet foods etc and I'm not saying this uh, from a place of judgment or like I have some weird food combinations as well and weird eating habits I think most people kind of do eventually if they're not always eating amongst others or even then um but you know sometimes it can be dangerous because then we're like I guess eating 10 protein bars in a row or whatever it might be like something weird like this. So recognize if it might actually help you to eat with other people more or recognize the opposite end of the spectrum where it might help you to just be like, "Ah, I'm going to say no to the social invite because I'm too stressed and I know everyone, I I can't, I I don't currently don't have the strength to battle through um, everyone and explain myself, etc. Um, and then another thing that I want to mention here when it comes to stress eating or emotional eating overall, do recognize that when stress is too high for a long period of time, um, it might not be the best time to be in a calorie deficit in case you are in a calorie deficit. So oftentimes we just think, I want to lose weight. And we don't regard, um, oh, I actually have a really big deadline coming out with work um i coming up with work i actually um have you know we're moving houses or things like that um this is not an ideal time to be in a calorie deficit it might work a lot better and like often times we end up spinning our wheels in in the sand so to speak because then you're like only accurate for like four four out of seven days or let it be five out of seven days or um you you're just not able to be as adherent or as accurate as required. And you're, you might have one or two really off days where you're, you're then stress eating over your calorie budget. And like it, it's sometimes wiser to just be honest with ourselves and be like, nope, this is not a good time. I'm going to postpone that for in two, three months time. Um, when I have my ducks a little bit more in, in, in the row. Um, but yeah, recognize that stress eating, emotional eating is something that's just, our body's natural response to um, wanting to curb cortisol and wanting to relax and feel good, wanting to have more resources to deal with whatever is going on. Recognize that there is a, an unhealthy version of this um, that most people initially or intuitively want to engage in because of processed foods that are engineered the way to um, 
I, I guess to overeat um recognize also though that that you usually feel worse afterwards in this case um and there is a healthy version where we just need to get ourselves to pause a few times to pause to assess um what's actually going on why am i feeling that way um to pause to potentially create an action plan or to let it go to pause and then have a, a healthy plan a healthy plate first um and then to pause to see do i need more do i want more how can i build something that satisfies me in um like it could fruit or a yogurt do the job or maybe a diet treat food or do i actually want um the actual food <laughs> and how can i build that in um yes yeah, so, so much for stress eating i i want to segue into intuitive eating because um a it's a term that's thrown around quite often and b i think it it has gained popularity as of recent and sometimes people are even like oh, intuitive eating and intuitively eating and losing weight well that's my first um point that i want to mention from a perspective so i i am absolutely not pro or contra intuitive eating i just want to caveat this and um educate people on how to best use it if that's something that they're interested in but also saying that um it doesn't have to be for everyone or there is a chance that it's not for everyone um so by definition if we are eating to our according to our body's signals you are very likely not going to be eating in a calorie deficit um, because your body doesn't really want you to lose weight. Our body likes homeostasis. It likes to have an, uh, always the same weight or roughly the same weight. If anything, again, it likes to have a little bit of an extra cushion for emergencies. Um, so if we were to just eat according to our body's signals, we wouldn't be eating in a calorie deficit we would be ignoring our hunger signals and hunger is um or would not be ignoring our hunger signals and hunger is inevitable at some stage throughout a dieting phase it's simply a sign that you're eating less than what your body is burning and that's what we need in order to lose weight so intuitive eating in my opinion is not a good method for weight loss i will say that right away it can even be challenging when wanting to gain weight when going into a calorie surplus because it's it almost requires overriding your satiation signals in order to to get into a calorie surplus yes we can work with a lot of things and i'll, I'll get into things like just simply from a point of knowledge including more highly palatable things like nut butters or like oils and so on where you're you know that are not really satiating and um you can that way go into a calorie surplus more easily but um still for maintenance intuitive eating can work however in my experience and opinion it really needs to be learned first why well, going back to our stress signals, um, when we're there are going to be times where you're stressed, and if you listened to those stress signals, then you would be eating more than what you're burning, very likely, because again, your body wants to build up resources to deal with the stress better, potentially. Um, 
And so it's not really um, ideal for our modern environment, but let's just assume you're someone who's got a pretty good grip on um, their stress management and everything else. And even here, we need to learn that um, processed foods are gonna be, like we have to override our body's craving to eat more and more of those here. Um, and on top of that, most likely your body is not gonna be craving initially the right amount of protein carbon fat distribution so our body doesn't necessarily want us to be super lean or have that much muscle mass because it's expensive tissue um if we look at like you know the potentially what our what our ancestors would look like or um just some some tribes that are like pretty living more like our ancestors would have probably um th they don't have they're not like super shredded and have a ton of extra muscle mass it's expensive tissue so they're probably going to be yes they might be you know killing an animal and eating that but on average they probably eat a lot more um fats from so from like nuts and whatever else and seeds and so on and a lot of uh, and more carbs if we go more into um you know the the most recent centuries where we have more grains and um starches and fruit and so on so generally speaking even our, in our modern day we're going to be craving more carbs and fats rather than protein craving developing an actual craving for protein yeah you might be craving like a steak or whatever in, in every now and then but a, developing a general craving for protein is something that people usually um, almost train themselves to do so if you're like if you are new to a higher protein diet know that eventually you're going to be like oh I really 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 want that protein but at first it's almost always hard for people to get used to so I would I almost always recommend for people to track for a little while number one to get a bit of a gauge of like portions and how much your body actually needs where there's sufficient protein in what and then once you feel like you're actually craving the foods and the amount of food that your body would need then we can transition into intuitive eating given that you're at a place where you want to maintain your current body weight so my point is when people say um, can we transition into intuitive eating or do you think intuitive eating is for me? I always say, really know what you actually want. Are you currently happy in your body? Yes. Okay. Um, if the answer is no here, um, then intuitive eating at this point is not for you. Um, the other thing to think about is if we're extra lean, it you're probably your body's probably going to over the course of the next few months even if you transition into intuitive eating it's probably over the course of time going to tell you to put on more body fat simply because from a evolutionary standpoint and from a health perspective being super super lean so let's just say being below 15 percent body fat for a female or below 10 percent for a man is likely not what your body wants you to do so even if I, I will I will say two things or I will share something with you, I guess. If I were to were to eat just intuitively, I'd probably eat more than I'm currently eating, even though I'm like eating at maintenance and somewhat healthy, but my body does want me would want me to put on more body fat. I'm not saying that I'm like super restricting myself or whatever, but I know that I could be eating more and that um, probably from an evolutionary 
perspective, my body would want me to gain a little, little bit more body fat. I do have regular cycles at this stage. I am feel very healthy um, hormonally. I have a healthy sex drive. I have uh, healthy blood markers, etc. But nonetheless, um, our body bodies want us to have a little bit of extra cushion. So that's that's one thing that I'll. I'll add there um, in terms of personal opinion when it comes to figuring out how lean you actually want to be and just recognizing that when intuitive, wanting to eat intuitively, um, you're probably not going to be super, super lean. Um, the other thing I'll, I'll ask people when they say, should I intuitively eat is like, what is your relationship to tracking? It really depends on that um, because for me, once again, if I were like without the current education that I have in the sense of nutrition or the current experience as well, um, historically, I have always been over restricting foods out of fear to gain weight or to whatever it is like. So I know if I just eat intuitively, so to speak, well, not really being intuitively because I would be ignoring my hunger signals, I would undereat. So, um, Sometimes tracking can actually be a helpful tool tool for people to eat enough on a consistent basis. So even if you're someone who's like really, really busy all the time and you tend to forget to eat or whatever, sometimes I don't know how people do that, but it happens, you know, then uh, it's a good way to make sure you're eating enough, especially enough, enough protein, right? Um, but nonetheless, sometimes people just feel like they're super annoyed by tracking after a while. Um, what I will often say is that they're often probably not actually tracking fatigued and more like dieting fatigued. So I often suggest we just go into maintenance, still track to kind of improve that relationship with tracking. Really, I'm not trying to force tracking onto everybody. I'm, I'm totally recognizing um, that it's not for everyone. But um, still, it, I don't want people to leave tracking with a bad taste in their mouth, thinking, oh, tracking is, is horrible. It's um, It was so tedious and so on. So the beginning is always going to be stressful because it takes some, it's a learning curve and um, figuring out how whatever tracking app you're using is, is working. Um, but at some point you should find a sweet spot where entering your food shouldn't really take longer than five to 10 minutes per day. For me, so going back to me again, I guess, um, that alleviates a lot of stress. It gives me a sense of control, a sense of peace, and it's almost fun when I can um, fit in new foods. And it's just like, it gives me liberty. I know that that's not the sense for everyone. So if, let's just assume you're at a place, you want to maintain your current body weight, you have lost whatever you wanted to lose, um, you're lean but not like super, super lean, you're healthy overall, and um, now you want to transition into intuitive eating. So how do we do that? I usually really recommend trying to transition slowly. So first part, and that is that is actually something that I recommend for anyone, even if they're not um, wanting to intuitively eat and want to continue to track, but eventually just staying at maintenance, um, would be to estimate and to eyeball more often. So more finding, maybe that already gives you a lot more freedom. So for instance, you can start super simple with that before you place things on your food on the kitchen scales and just take a guess like how much that could potentially be like before you place the chicken on the scales, just think this looks like 180 grams and you put it on there and it's only like 150. That over time will teach you how much um, 
it actually is so that next time or you might be totally fine um for the rest of your life or like in the future just estimating everything again this is not for when you want to lose weight when you're in a calorie deficit this is when you need to be super accurate this is just for, for maintenance so estimating and eyeballing more often i mean we also of course do that when people are eating out but when they're home we usually say in a calorie deficit try to be as accurate as you can however for maintenance this can already give a lot of freedom because then you're like oh, i don't need to i can just dish myself something up when i'm um, at the at the dinner table with my family i don't need to necessarily log in advance i have a higher calorie allotment now that um, i'm at maintenance um some other people say no i really do want to stop tracking at some stage and here my recommendation is to increase the frequency of untracked days over time so starting with two days per week perhaps or one or two days and i usually say not the weekend initially because those tend to be the days where we eat different foods so start with you know tuesday thursday um where you pretty much eat the same thing as monday wednesday friday and anyway and then see that you're maintaining your weight and feeling good and then you can increase that to like three four days uh, untracked maybe one of them being on the weekend and you're still maintaining your weight and then eventually you might only be tracking one or two days per week um and um uh, or eventually not at all but i often say even if you stop tracking for now and able to maintain your weight, I would suggest after two, three months just to track for a few days again. So you're kind of knowing like, okay, we're keeping those estimation skills, still skills sharp for the future. <laughs> um, so that would be how to transition into intuitive eating. The other po points that I will definitely emphasize for intuitive eating and which I think are um crucial to be successful with intuitive eating is still to eat 80 to 90 percent whole foods because again the more processed foods are going to make you want to overeat when you listen to your hunger cues so 80 to 90 percent uh, should be um things like meat fish chicken eggs vegetables um grains potatoes so like starches things like that minimal oils and um, when when cooking and minimizing sauces and so still keeping a little bit of an eye on those things um and then 10 20 percent fun foods um and um aside from that i would also still apply the techniques mentioned above in the sense of not eating when you're walking um really being diligent about how distracted you are when you're eating um yeah, so this, this, these kind of strategies or even just like um, learning how to intuitively eat even just from time to time can be really helpful also for the holidays. So like reminding yourself of the basics of intuitive eating where it comes to, to taking breaks between meals, where it comes to, am I really, do I really want more? Do I like want more because my brain is telling me or do I one more because I'm still hungry because for intuitive eaters there needs to be a differentiation between that too like intuitive eating would mean more following your physical cues as opposed to your like how hungry you are as opposed to oh, I just want more of that because it tastes good type of thing um so yeah I'm uh, encouraging you to I just I, I guess ask yourself what kind of person are you like are you really stressed out by tracking because um 
you're just in a deficit or you have been in a deficit for too long. Maybe you're too strict with your deficit. You're never allow you're always just exactly having the same things. You're never allowing yourself any fun foods. So you're kind of missing the point of intuitive eating. Um, are you making it too time consuming? Really trying to mix it up too often on the other hand um or why does it feel so restrictive or if you're just like no i feel like i've learned enough about it i really just don't want to be that person um that's tracking in front of their kids or in front of people but then also asking yourself like why does it actually bother you that your friends know that you're tracking and there there's no right or wrong i'm just I'm basically wanting you to be inquisitive about why you're feeling certain things about about something the thing with the kids i do want to touch on briefly again uh, because um i i get it even though i don't have kids i think i get it anyway <laughs> um in the sense of um i don't want to place everything on the scale in front of my kids and then it seem it make or like transferring some of my quote-unquote obsessiveness over to them especially often with, with younger girls where we got to be cautious like not to that that doesn't lead to any like eatings or whatever um but in saying that i guess um especially nowadays there's a lot of pressure on men in terms of physique as well um but i would actually in that case really um invite you to make that more of a um i guess educational and almost fun tool in the sense of like let's just say you're weighing something out and you're seven eight-year-old daughters like mom why do you put this on there or why do you have to um why can't, why why are you not eating xyz and then just being like um that's a really great question actually i um i want to make sure that i'm getting enough protein or whatever it might be um to really help my body either grow if you want to build muscle or to help my body to to help with my um energy levels or to make sure that i'm eating enough vegetables so not saying like i want to make sure i'm only i'm, I'm eating um exactly as little calories as i should or that i don't go over my calories i wouldn't frame it in that way i would just say that that you're eating enough or the right amount of whatever you should be eating and then she might be asking okay why are you not doing that with my food and then basically saying well i don't know your body but i also know that especially for kids have a very healthy cue of how much they eat i like that you intuitively um you know finish uh or, or you you stop when you're satiated you don't eat more or um if if she's like i want to make sure that i'm eating enough vegetables also then you could be like okay i'll place that on there for you but you know making it more as like an educational fun kind of conversation and you could even say the same thing with your friends like if someone comes over and they're like they see you with something with the kitchen scales and then just explain to them why you're doing it and as, that you're seeing it more as a learning how much is actually in what food as opposed to oh i need to make sure that i i don't go over this and that um but again if we address the point of um getting better at just eyeballing things then you actually don't need to worry about that too much um in 2020 i was um living in mallorca and kind of like a, a tent so in, in spain and i only had very minimal um luggage with me <laughs> as i almost always have but there i didn't even take my my scales with me and I could have like truthfully I could have easily bought some somewhere but I was like eh, I'm just I just want to see if I can actually just like maintain my weight and feel healthy um and track very loosely just by eyeballing what I did have 
was a half cup measurement um, just so I could like roughly gauge my oats and oats and, and rice and so on I do find is harder to gauge but eventually you'll get there also especially if you have things to compare it to so for example like ah oh, okay 150 grams of chicken is like roughly the size of my palm or ah oh, okay um 100 grams of rice is like roughly my cup handful or something like that so it sometimes help ha helps having that visual um i guess reminder um but yeah so it can work you can like over months you can easily maintain um your weight and and eat quote unquote in, well not intuitively but like track just eyeballing over longer periods of time i think that there are a few things um that really help people learn more to live in moderation and here are a few of my suggestions so whether that is to help with stress eating whether that's to help with intuitive eating um or with tracking or just improving that relationship with food overall um, and that is allowing yourself to eat out somewhat regularly one to two times per week but not a lot more than that having mostly home-cooked meals um, building in treat foods can be one to two times per week if it's like something larger, like um, wanting to go out for an like, actual ice cream sundae or whatever, or on a very small level, like can even be daily if you're like, hey, I want to have um, a piece of or two of dark chocolate with my morning coffee and I do want to have um, the sugary cereal with my yogurt at night, that's absolutely fine, but you know, learning what quantities to use there. Um, then the next thing would, of course, uh, still be like to think, or if, if you feel like this is not enough, this is still restrictive, thinking of what would you want more of in order to feel like it's a, a good life, moderate, that you can sustain over a long period of time. Because if you're, if you're thinking... Um, I really just want a free-for-all. I want to eat exactly like everyone else is eating. I want to be able to have a day or two per week where I can eat and drink as much as I want. Well, that's a little bit in a dream world, to be completely honest and to be um, the bearer of bad news. But we have to recognize if we eat like everyone else uh, or if we have, uh, you know, a month a year where we're on vacation and we're um, just eating whatever we want, um, it's going to have some repercussions. Your body does remember all things. And, and in the end, if we eat like everyone else, like I was saying, we're going to have a body like everyone else as, as well. If you're simply saying like, oh, I feel like I can't build in this and that food or I can't build in um, my regular pizza nights with my family and so on, then hang on. We can easily do that. What do we need to do in order to make that happen? Well, it might just mean that on pizza night on Friday, you're going to um, just lighten up your breakfast a little bit and increase the protein in that. And for your lunch, you're going to um, exchange your potatoes for um, a little bit more of the chicken. And that way you can easily fit in um, three slices of pizza and share a brownie with your husband and whatever, you know, or if you're saying I regularly go on business trips or vacation, I feel like um, sticking with nutrition there is really, really difficult. Okay, why is that? How can we make that happen? Maybe we can find an Airbnb and you can make a compromise of just eating out one or maybe two meals per day on vacation and then having everything else like a little bit more prepared or, um, 
If you think that just because someone else is cooking for you or you're going to a cafeteria for your lunch at work, like have think about ways to make it work as opposed to just thinking everything needs to be perfect. We really want to discourage this all or nothing, black and white thinking and just people think like, oh, tracking sucks, calorie counting sucks, macros suck. That's why I want to do intuitive eating because you know, this and that person on social media makes it look like it's super easy and super fun. And the way to um, live a moderate and balanced life all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess on that point, like just how you view things is basically, of course, how, how they seem to you, how, how what you're going to get out of them. So ask yourself if you if you have negative feelings about dieting about um losing weight about uh tracking in general or if you have really positive thing feelings about um intuitive eating ask yourself why is that is that just because someone else said it would be super easy or have you done it before and it worked and so on get inquisitive ask yourself what it is that you truly want that you feel is holding you back um, and of course if you have any questions about intuitive eating stress eating please send them my way um, you have all of our info in the show notes. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking about kind of um, anti-aging tips. Um, I do think everyone is uh, interested in them, not just nutrition related, but in general. Um, so stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode on social. Very much appreciated. You can also follow us on Instagram at Nutrition Coaching and Life or head to our website, www.nutritioncoachingandlife.com, where we provide more valuable content. Have a wonderful day. Now go out and work on your best self.